boy Coach Russ. What's up, everybody? This is Seth Taylor here. Um, welcome back to ITN Sports Scoop and Breakdown. We're we're gonna hit you with a couple things this week. Um, we're, we're wrapping up regular season play for the um, boys basketball for the High School Athletic Association. We're gonna touch on Florida State basketball as always. Um, player of the week. We're going we got somebody lined up for that. It's been red hot lately shooting the ball. Um, touch on Florida State wrapping up its recruiting process for the year. And maybe hit on the Super Bowl, maybe some NBA trades, just some different stuff, you know. We're going to have a variety of things. But the first thing we want to talk about, quote of the week. For a lot of high school coaches, they probably can relate to this. It's hate me now, love me later. I listened to a uh, podcast lately from the uh, former independence coach named uh, Jason Brown, real coach JB. Um, hate me now, love me later. You know, most kids, they get upset with you when, you, you know, you get on to them. You show them that tough love. But in the end, once they get that scholarship or whatever it may be, or later in life, 10 years down the road, they realize you're only, you know, preparing for something later in life. You know, right. so it's a, it's a hate me now when you're getting on to them. But later on in life, they're going to realize it was nothing but love, and they're going to love you later. Um, also, let's go ahead and get right into it. Player of the week, went and watched him live tonight. Um, watched him live two times this week against North Bay Haven. Uh, they also play Walton this week. And tonight they play Vernon. His name is Brennan Richards out of Bonifay, Florida. Red hot, dude. Shooting shooting the three ball very well. You know, he led his team tonight. I'm not exactly sure how many points he had tonight. I know he had 28 against Walton. And tonight he had dang near every point in the second half for Bonifay against Vernon, which, you know, was a, a pretty big upset for them, seeing how two of their starters left from last year, and then they, they, they come over and they upset them this year. Um, he, he put the team on his back tonight, shot the ball well, made smart decisions when when dumping it down low, um, drove to the bucket, you know, all-around good basketball play tonight from Brennan Richards. So that's our player of the week. Hopefully he can continue that throughout the playoffs, you know, for his team's sake. But definitely deserves that recognition tonight, you know. So, moving on from that, we're going to jump right into it, okay. Regular season has wrapped up. Florida High School Athletic Association District Playoffs will be starting next week. Okay, so we're going to jump into it. District 1, 1A. Okay, we're going to jump right into it. One seed. Being Graceville, two, Holmes County, three seed, Bethlehem, four seed, PDL, five seed, Freeport, six seed, Poplar Springs. Okay, with one and two getting a bye in most districts, would be Graceville and Holmes County in this case. Um, looking to see Graceville have to face off probably PDL in order to advance to the championship. Um, for a Holmes County is probably going to be Bethlehem. You know, Holmes County has always had a tough time with Bethlehem for whatever the reason may be. You know, I don't know. I think it's just luck, most of it. But, you know, they always bring their A game when they play them. It's the in-county rival. Um, So, but the way Holmes County's played lately, I see them advancing to the championship along with Graceville. Graceville's just too athletic, and, you know, they got too many skilled guys for – PDL to even give them a, a chance. So Graceville and Holmes County will be moving on out of that district. 
easily, probably with Graceville winning that district. But I wouldn't count Holmes County out the way they played the, the past couple games, you know. Recently, they dropped 91 points against Walton, which for high school basketball around here is pretty good. So, let's move on to District 2. District 2. Okay, for, so for District 2, we got number 1 seed, Malone. Uh, number 2 seed, Vernon. 3 seed, we got Sneeds. 4 seed, Chipley. 5 seed, Alpha. And 6 seed, we got Cottondale. So, as we know, Malone should always a one seed. They've they've been a one seed for the past few years. Very traditional basketball school. Very uh, traditional. Always a good coach. Well coached team. Chipley, you know they've they've been well coached in the past. Solid team. Four seed here. Um, and Vernon, you know Holmes County. As we said, Vernon, they got beat by Holmes County tonight. But they're a two seed in this division, and uh, that they'll be coming to play. And I, I imagine it'll be Malone and Vernon playing each other in the championship game it should be a cakewalk for both malone and vernon to get to the championship but you never know man playoffs all it takes is one good game for a team to be on the top of their game you know to bring it that one night and shots to go down and and you know everything go your way i mean you never know so but the projections probably leading towards vernon and malone as they both got pretty good records and rest of the teams in that district being at about either 500 or below. So, looking to see Malone and Vernon advance to the state playoffs with probably Malone winning that district as well. District 3. We'll move on to District 3, Crossroad Academy. This school is the second year of being a, being a school, dude. They are 20-4 are and four this year, 12-0 and 0 in district with a one seed. Two seed, Port St. Joe. Eight and four in the conference, fourteen and eight overall. Three C Bluntstown, four C Franklin County, five C Liberty County, uh, six C Bozeman, and seven C Weewaw. Which Weewaw is one and eighteen, so yeah, they'll probably be out in the first round against Port St. Joe. Port St. Joe advance. I see Bluntstown beating Bozeman as they they're four and twenty on the year. So I mean, which isn't very good as as most of you know. So Bluntstown and Port St. Joe, that'll be a rivalry game in the first, second round of the semifinals for the district. Franklin County will face Crossroad Academy. No chance from what I've seen on their record. I mean, most teams that they played in the district, they beat them by 20, 30 points, according to Max Prep. So, Crossroad Academy and St. Joe will advance out of this district, probably hands down, no questions asked. Crossroad Academy probably probably one of the better teams or more favorable teams to win the state championship to be honest with you so they'll advance out of that district okay so the next uh the next district we got is paxton they'll be the one seed in this district uh we got two seed central uh three seed we got jay four seed we got laurel hill five seed we got baker and then the six seed to be northview um Paxton, obviously, going to be the one seed here. Like I said, always well coached, always a scrappy team. They're always going to be, you know, there to play. Uh, another thing that sticks out is Northview. Is <laughs> their record this year is 0-21, so they didn't win a game. So that would be a major upset if it were to pull that off. You know, but. the crazy thing about that is, you know, you go back to their football team. they got so many athletes and, you know, just an all-around skilled football team. Right. And may 
came very close to going to the second or third round of the football playoffs. How can you not put together a basketball team coming out of Northview? That can I mean, you're talking about just winning one game, just upsetting somebody. Uh, I mean, you're talking about you're not playing very skilled teams. I just, I mean, I, I Baker's think, two and thirteen on the year. Right, they can't beat Baker. Right. But I mean, you know, hey, everybody has their ups and down years. I mean, so obviously this year has been a tough one for them. So uh, in this in this district, I feel like uh, Paxson's gonna you know have their way up till the championship game. And in my opinion, if if anybody's gonna have the upset. It'll be Jay over Central, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think Central will prevail. And I think it's going to be Paxton and Central in the championship game, and I think Paxton's going to prevail in this game. So Paxton moving on in this uh, district here. Good, good. Um, district 1, uh, uh, 1A, District 5. This is moving on, you know, down around Tallahassee area, a little past it, starting with Madison County with the one seed. Two seed being Jefferson County, uh, three seed Hamilton County, four seed Taylor County, five seed Dixie County, six seed Lafayette. Um, Madison County 17 and four on the year, so it's pretty good. Last year they won the state championship for 1A, so you know they're looking they're looking to repeat, but I don't think they quite got the skilled guys this year, you know, because Travis J, which is which was a huge Florida State commit. Also very good on the hardwood, you know. So they ain't got them kind of guys to compete with other teams that's down there, even the Crossroad Academy. So, but they'll they'll, they'll definitely win this district. They'll probably play Taylor County in the their second round to go to the district championship. Um, I see Hamilton County playing Jefferson County. Jefferson County, which is nine and one in the district. However, that may be, I don't really know, but. According to Max Preface, that's what they got. But Madison County definitely went in this district. They'll both advance. And Jefferson County will probably be out early, and so will Madison County if I have my guess. So uh, the next district we got, uh, we got Hilliard that is a number one seed. Number two seed, we got Bell. Uh, number three seed, Trenton. <laughs> uh, number four seed, Fort White. Five seed, Union County. And a six seed Branford. Um, we see. I don't know much about these teams. I do know one thing about one team, Trenton. Uh, as you know, me and Ty was in high school back in our glory days. We kind of yeah. we got we got robbed a little bit. Of, yeah, man. Uh, they got the in what was that? 2013 went to the state baseball playoffs, and you know, come to find out, you know, they were doing illegal stuff and got the state championship ripped away from them. Or whatever may I don't know the exact details, but it was dealing with recruiting kids and whatnot, and you know, and I don't I would never really understand that whole process, but you know, some people some people can get away with it and some can't, and you know, it depends on who you got in your administration or whatnot uh, of how that can go. But they got away with it that year. I mean, they want in my eyes they want it, but you know, right. Was it was it really worth it to get it taken away? That's right. So, and but anyways, I got uh, in the championship game. I got a uh, Hilliard and I got Trenton. And uh, to be honest with you, that's gonna be a crapshoot. But if I had to put my money on it, I'd take Trenton. So I'm gonna take Trenton in this uh, district. But we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. So it should be fun. Moving on to District Seven, towards the end of the 
the road down further down south. Hawthorne coming in at the one seed. Williston two seed. Um, three seed Newberry. Four seed Bronson. Five seed Chieflin. Uh, six seed Cedar Key, which is four and twenty. You know, a lot of teams around here in this in this region. You know, each district usually has that one team that's either really good or right on the the five hundred mark. But most of the time, dude, there's one team that leads the pack, and the rest of the districts so far, I mean, you see 10 and 13, 4 and 20, uh, 7 and 16. It's, I mean, there's not a lot of good basketball in 1A. There's going to be a select few teams that get down there, you know, and I think overall, from what I've seen, it, it's probably going to be somebody out of. I would have to look at the state playoff bracket and how it's set up, but I see Crossroad Academy making it and probably Hilliard for the state championship game if, they, if them two can make it to that point without having to face each other in the Final Four. I don't really know. But as far as down this way, nobody really has a chance to compete with them teams down there from what I've seen roster-wise and whatnot. It's just, I mean, they're putting up 80 points a game. Their size starting starting five is averaging like 6'3". 6-4, you know, so that's going to be tough to deal with, but, hey, you never know, you know. You never know. So, uh, for the next the next district, we got uh, Wild Wildwood as a one seed, uh, two seed, Pahokee, three seed, we got Vanguard, four seed, Crescent City, five seed, Fort Meade. Um, don't know much about these teams, once again, it's from, you know, down south. I do know Wildwood was in the state championship game last year. You know they got a really talented uh, point guard. Dude, he's got like offers from he's got offers from some, several D one schools. You know, uh, I think Florida being one of them from the point guard. Um, but Pahokee only got some athletes. But Wildwood in this district was undefeated. I'm pretty sure. So nobody really gave them a competition. They were in the state championship last year. Like I said earlier in, in previous episode two that. They probably should have won. I mean, they were a better team than Madison County. Like I said, it's the playoffs. You never know. Somebody somebody has their A game, and you might bring your B game. And, you know, and that's just enough to beat you on, on that specific day. So, But Wildwood, depending on how serious them other teams are, they might have a chance to make it through the state playoffs to get back to the Final Four. But I don't know if they quite got the, the talent some of these other schools have got. Okay, so you got, you know, Wildwood's got the point guard to watch for. Uh, Pahokee, as he said, is loaded with talent, with athletes. Uh, so, got them in the championship game, Wildwood-Pahokee. I'm going I'm to take Wildwood prevailing, um, mainly because of, you know, that player, what athlete he is, and uh, we'll go from there. Um, moving on, we're going to go in, right into Florida State basketball. Moving on, we, we we recently increased the record to 19 and three, nine and two in the ACC, um, tied with Duke for second place. Somehow Louisville is 11 and one, 11 and one in the ACC, and I just you know the way we played Louisville and watching them on TV, whether they had a bad game or they didn't, I just you know I wasn't very impressed, but somehow they 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 keep winning, dude. So maybe they are that serious. They're 20 and three on the season. Um, but we we will play them again at some yes, point. Yes, next week. Next okay. week. So that's where we sit in the ACC. And, and as the- as we know, 
the first the first time around. We went to Louisville, beat them by fifteen. Yeah, or thirteen or fifteen, I believe it was thirteen. I actually. mean, we we manhandled them the whole game, really. They they've still got the respect. They've got the analyst respect. They've got uh, all the seedings respect. So, I guess the second time around, we got them at home. We just need to show up and uh, we need to earn our respect back. Um, so yeah, looking forward to that. Before we do that, though, before we even get to that point, we got a game this weekend. You know, we had a game. What was it? Wednesday night. Um, I believe it was Wednesday night. Yes. Wednesday night we played North Carolina. Took care of business there. Got the win. But before we even get to that point, we got to focus up on two big games coming up. You know, we play Miami on Saturday tomorrow at 11 a.m. And then Monday, within 48 hours, we're playing. Duke, which is going to be a top ten matchup. Right, or, right now we sit at what? We sit at eight and they sit at seven, or we sit at seven and they sit at eight. They are sitting ahead of us. So, okay, yeah, so definitely. there'll be a top ten matchup, and it's going, it's going to, it's in Duke, right? Yes, it's away. So it's going to be a tough atmosphere, but the projections got like Duke, Duke eighty percent, eighty-seven percent chance of winning. Let's not forget this weekend, Saturday, tomorrow, uh, we got. We got North Carolina and Duke, so that's always a you know a brawl. Everybody, both teams gonna bring everything they got. Um, so you know we might be tired, but you know North, uh, Duke's gonna be a little tired too for bringing their all against North Carolina because they don't want to lose to the rival. So we're not gonna have the excuse of yeah we're tired, we were tired. If we do lose that game, both teams gonna be tired. It's gonna be a sloppy game, and I think it's gonna be a really good game, and we'll see how we perform. So you want to recap before we jump ahead to the preview of the Miami game of the North Carolina game? Let's do that. Um, uh, we won sixty-five to fifty-nine. You know, from watching it, you were at the game. From watching it on TV, though, you know, I don't know whether it was like a a hangover win or what, but we just played sloppy on defense and until we had to really tighten up in the second half with about eight minutes to go in the game. You know. I don't know if it's we really played good defense or North Carolina's. You know, on ESPN they were saying they were they were fighting. Well, they were yeah, fighting their ass off well, and stuff. But like you said, I was at the game. I'm gonna tell you right now, I actually got the luxury of sitting front row so I could see and hear everything. First of all, I hate to blame anything on the referees, but them guys were not calling the best game they've ever. They were called. bad. They they were pretty not. I wouldn't say bad, but they was not calling the best game they've ever called. And second of all. I think North Carolina has a way of disrupting things. They're really effective at disrupting, you know. As we know, one of the best coaches of all time sits across the court, and uh, Roy, and uh, he, I think they had a disruptive defense, and we turned the ball over more than we should have. But, but you know, my thing is we were up by probably eight or close to ten at one point later in the game in the second half, and we, we, let, we let North Carolina go. It was like close to eight minutes without scoring a field goal, without extending the lead. And, and this is where this is – it just keeps them in the game to uh, this, to where it doesn't look like we really played that well. I mean, we just, well, uh, we put a couple buckets together. We extend uh, that lead, and, you know, it's not even really – it's not even really close. It goes back to their – They didn't de- score a field goal for eight right. minutes. It goes back to their defense, and also it goes back to – we didn't make many shots. Yeah. Um, in that time period, I, I recall not, we didn't make many shots – Vassell really come off one of the best games of his career, and he went into one of the worst games of his career that game. He had very few points. He missed a lot of open looks, and uh, he struggled. So that didn't help 
but even with him, you know, struggling, Trent had a really good game. Raekwon Gray, in my opinion, had the greatest, the best game of his, his possibly his career, definitely of the year. Come in and was very effective, and that helped us, you right. know, lead us. Lead well, us looking at the stat line, their field goal percentage for the game was thirty percent. Okay, they were six for nineteen on threes. North Carolina, um, they had nine tur- turnovers. Um, and here's here's some key things from us: we shot forty-one percent, which probably ultimately won us the game, of course. But we were four from fifteen from three. You know, we've been recently, we've been recently shooting the three ball very well. I mean, we didn't, we didn't shoot the ball at all. Twenty six percent. That's not gonna, that's not gonna cut yeah. it come March. And like I said, we miss. You gotta I be know, able to make the open looks. Some games had some, some guys had some a bad game, and I think we missed a few open looks, and it led to that low percentage. And also, look at the, we had sixteen turnovers to their nine. I mean that's just right. That's when that goes back to that defense. You want to you want to win certain statistics of the game, you know. And turnovers is one of them. Yeah, and turnovers <laughs> is one of them. You know, but we did on the plus side win the rebound battle, so that's always good. We shot the we shot free throws well, so you know we do those two things along with limiting the turnovers. We're gonna be a hard team to beat. We just gotta we gotta come. We gotta shoot the ball better on a consistent basis. You know, we can't have these sloppy games because all it takes is one bad game in March, and your, you know, your season's over. It don't matter. It don't matter. Okay, you ain't got that second. You ain't got that next game to bounce back. So I mean, I know everybody has their off nights, and you know, we fought through it. We toughened up on defense, but that's the thing. I don't really know if it was the tough defense or, you know, North Carolina has some decent looks. They just. They wasn't hitting anything. They went eight minutes without scoring the basketball. That's just bad. That's just bad offensive play. Right. But overall, we won the game. So there's not. You can't really complain too much. You know, famous words is you know a win's a win. Don't matter right. how you. It don't matter how you get it. Especially but, against when you know one of the one of the uh, not maybe this year but in the past a blue blood of college basketball. Yeah. You know, and they'll be back next year. They just oh yeah injuries, man. You know, during the watching the game. And, and let's not forget, they did get their uh, star player back. They so uh, in the previous podcast we talked about him, but uh, he 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 really had a really good first half. But we come to play in the second half, and we we had a game plan to shut him down in the second half, and we did. Yeah, and I think that extent in the second half, many struggled. You know, he started the game hot, had most of his points in the first and half. That's that's he finished. He finished the night five for twenty-two on field goals. Right, Cole Anthony, that is. That's that's. He the finished with sixteen points. You know, Patrick Williams was our leading scorer. With he had four, a great with fourteen. Game. I, I I talked about Trent and I talked about Raekwon Gray, but Patrick Williams, that that dude, that dude's NF, NBA. I'm sorry, NBA ready right now. He uh, his build, his play, he's under control. He's uh, that dude's a good player, and he's um. He's going to be good for us come March. Looking forward to that for sure. I can't wait. March March Madness is the best time. And, you know, college football playoffs is up there. And, you know, college baseball world. But, dude, you can't, you know, I've been in school before, you know, and every, every teacher's got the March Madness on. That ain't happening with the college baseball world series or nothing like that. I mean, dude, March Madness is a special time of the year. And to be a part of it with your, if your team's in it is, you know, it's exciting. And I think we got a really good chance this year. It's just, you know, you can't have these bad nights, and you pray you don't have them. 
when it's the most important time of the year. That's right. You know what I'm saying? As we know, even a one seat can go down. Mm-hmm. As of about two years ago, they couldn't, but Virginia, they proved that wrong oh, two man. years ago. You know, and that's the thing about the college sports world, especially basketball. These programs are evolving. You know, there's so many skilled athletes when it comes to basketball. Most of these teams, I mean, basketball is a sport that, you know, you ain't got to be the most athletic. You ain't got to be – but all it takes is good ball movement, limited turnovers, and able to shoot the ball with a little bit of big man play. That's right. And most college teams have those guys. It's just are they going to do it that night? Mm-hmm. So – that's why March Madness is special, man. The underdog can always show up. That's why there's there's always that Cinderella team, it seems like. Every year. It don't matter. It's every year. It's going to be somebody. I just hope this year, because we're projected to be, right now, a two-seed, okay, by CBS Sports, ESPN, a three-seed. I mean, that could change. You know, we still got a little bit of the season left, but... I don't want to be that two seed that goes down because you know that's most. Of, it's the two and the fifteen. Right. It's that fifteen seed that always gets the two seed. Historically, the the one seed, you know, as we know, there's only been one time in the history of college basketball, which is insane, you know, because it's basketball, anything can happen. There's only been one time, and that was two years ago, whenever Virginia lost in the first round. She's like to be a one seed, but twos and threes have trouble. They have a lot more, you know, of a chance to lose, but. But with that being said, if you come to play, you do your job, you pretty much got a free bid. With to, them teams, to the you got to put your foot down early, establish your authority. And use your depth. Get get ahead early and manage the game. And use your depth. You know what I'm saying? But that's all to be determined later on in the year. You know, it, it gets me excited talking about it, but we're going to move on. Uh, game coming up tomorrow at 11 a.m. Central Time. Uh, we're facing the Miami Hurricanes right now. Um, 14 and 14 and 18. You know, not very impressive. Right. So, I look to see the Seminoles go to Miami. No, it's, we, it's at home. At home. Yes. At home. Yeah. Then they stand no chance. I don't. As we don't know, let, knock on wood. Knock on wood. But they 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 stand no chance. Our last uh, 63 games at home were 60 and three. So, and we got a pretty good win streak on the at home right now. Um few weeks ago we went to Miami and we we kind of lucked up we uh we was down by five with like a minute to go or so mm-hmm. and come back and won that game kind of a lucky win but we'll take it on the road you know but we got them at home we expect to see big things tomorrow should coast to a win uh Miami key players there's only really one that stands out it's Chris Likes you know a smaller guy but he he's a competitor he gets after it 16.2 points uh, averaging this year, uh, that's really it as far as that goes. You know, they're kind of just spread out amongst the, the other guy that you can name would be Anthony Lawrence Jr. So he's at 12.6 points per year, per game. So, you know, there's nothing really impressive about the Miami Hurricanes this year. So I think that should be a pretty easy win. Right. As long as we show up and do what we're supposed to do, play defense, limit turnovers, and shoot the ball halfway decent, I think we we walk away from there with a win. Um, The thing that we really want to jump into is Monday night, which is the only thing about Monday night. It's going to be a quick turnaround for them, but it's going to be a top-ten matchup, so it don't matter how tired you are, you're always going to be hyped up for a top-ten matchup, you know. 
and Cameron Indoor is going to be absolutely just insane. It's going to be insane. The thing about the Seminoles, it don't matter if they're you know they're zero and twenty five. They've always they've always gave Duke a run for their money. You know ESPN is counting us out. You know they don't feel like they're quite. I mean we're both nineteen and three on the season. And what's the uh, okay? And we're both nine two in the ACC. You know what I'm saying? So I don't understand. We we're playing the same teams pretty much. And, and they got they got them they got Duke favored eighty seven percent. So we got a thirteen to Duke's. We got yeah. a thirteen percent chance. I mean, to Florida winning. State's thirteen percent okay. of winning. So I mean, it's not much credit, but you know, the only way to deal with that is show up and compete and right. you know win the ball game. And like I said earlier, they gonna be tired too. They gonna be tired just like we are. So that excuse is not gonna be able to be used. Um, so we kind of play. We got, in my opinion, we have at least in the top five depth in the nation. And I feel like we have more depth than Duke. So we just come to play. If we don't lull ourselves to sleep just because we're in Cameron Indoor, I've watched Duke, I feel like we can come and we can win that game. I've watched Duke play several times. You know, they just don't really have that multiple guys that can go get them a bucket. So if we get if we get Vernon Carey Jr. in foul trouble, which is their leading scorer, and he's a big man, he's seven foot. He's at 17.8 points per game. Okay. And he's averaging nearly nine rebounds per game, and he leads the team in both of those statistics. So, but he, so he's their key guy. And other than that, you got a point guard in in what is it? Trey is Trey Jones's brother, right? Uh, yes. Uh, I mean he's he's a good point guard. He manages the game well, but he's not really somebody they can look to 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 go get them a bucket necessarily, in my opinion. And you know they got other guys that are younger. That can show up any any given time, but they're not consistent, and you know they're not really somebody you can count on. Uh, key player for Florida State has been consistent pretty much all year, besides maybe the other night he had, he didn't have his best game, but he's sitting at thirteen and a half points per game, and he's leading the team in rebounds per game. So both these guys are key guys, and but the thing with Vernon Carey is I think we got enough size inside. Okay, enough skilled guys to get to the bucket and right. Trent. If you had and to sell that, he's gonna he might be in early foul trouble. If you had to pick a difference maker for Florida State in that game, who you think is gonna make? If we if we used to win, who would make the difference? The difference maker. I mean, I want to say Vassell, but I don't want to say him because I want to. I think it's gonna take somebody to step up other than him, and that person is is probably gonna have to be Forrest. Or MJ Walker. I think MJ Walker is going to have to come out and, you know, and do what he does and shoot the ball really well. Uh, for me, last game, he, he kind of got banged up last game. He he ex- he exited the game for a few minutes, thought he mm-hmm. had something on his knee, come back. So he didn't really have a good game last game. But uh, for me, it's him. It's, it's MJ Walker. I feel like he really needs to come at least score 10, I would say, and play his defense as he does. But, yeah, that's that's my prediction for this game coming up on Monday night. You know, look at some of the team stats, points per game. Florida State sitting at about 75. Duke, that's the thing. They, they, score, they put up points, man. But a lot of it has to do with their defense. You know, they force a lot of turnovers. They get out in transition, and they're going to they're gonna run the floor. And I think if we don't play their game and get in, uh, get in that environment and play their game, running up and down and manage the clock like we do, keep it a low-scoring game. I think we win, but Duke's sitting about 80, 83 points per game, okay? So, 
and they shoot the ball a little bit better than we do according to statistics field goal percentage is 48 to our 45 rebounds they get they get about 40 boards per game we're sitting at about 34 so you know their statistics are maybe are, are maybe better but I think we do got the depth that they don't have for sure so I think it's going to be a really good matchup and you know hopefully we don't go out there and lay an egg and just you know lay down and and give it to them and make them earn it but I don't see that happen. I think we're going to go in there juice. It's a top, like I said, it's it's a top ten matchup. Right. So everybody's healthy. It's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be a dog fight, and I, I really can't wait. I'm really I'm looking past tomorrow, and that's that's what I hope they're not doing. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes teams, you know, you look ahead, look ahead. You're excited for this big game, and you forget <laughs> about you know well, I, average opponent. I can tell you history. Uh, these past few years, uh, history says that. When we play Miami. We don't look past them. We've we've taken we've taken care of business against Miami, and and as we know, I think it's five years straight against UF. Uh, so we nothing to worry about there. We should kind of play. If we get beat, it should be legitimate. <laughs> so that's where we'll sit. So after Monday, we'll know where we are further in the ACC and closer towards the end of the season, and hopefully, you know. We're sitting at about what? It'll be twenty-one and three. Right. We love. Yes. So I'm sitting at about eleven-two in the ACC, right. and I think well, I don't. I should have checked who Louisville's got coming up for ACC play, but you know maybe somebody will sneak up and get them. And I think it's very possible with any any team in the ACC really. But you know I don't. I don't think well, that. I don't. I don't want to say they're not that good because you know they are apparently t- according to the record. They but they didn't show it against us. Two nights ago, they they had everything they wanted and then some against Wake Forest. Yeah. While, and Louisville's at home, so I, all these analysts and like I said, all these analysts and ESPN commentators and broadcasters are saying that Louisville's a team in the ACC over Duke and Florida State and anybody else is you know on the upper end this year. But I I have a tough time believing that Louisville is the team to beat in the ACC. And hopefully we can prove that. Yeah. Well, that's it. We're going to wrap that up because, you know, we probably spent too much time talking about it. But, dude, it gets me fired up. So, but moving on to FSU signing day um, for football. Mike Norvell did a tremendous job coming in, you know, with a short period of time getting some key guys at every position that we really we, we really needed covered. You know, he, he picked up two good quarterbacks, a four-star in Chubba Purdy, Got some good skilled guys. Picked up two. Picked up what is it? The number one running back in JUCO, or he he's just he's picked up a solid JUCO running back. I'm not sure his rating or ranking. Yeah, I ain't sure. I don't quote me on that. I could you know I could misread stuff. I read a lot of stuff. And, and don't forget, but he is he was a, a a highly sought after running back out of JUCO. And he got the uh, backup at A and M also. Yes, he did. And then he got some key wide receivers, you know, some skill guys with a lot of speed, which I think, you know, we need. Um, As far as wrapping it up for the recruiting, though, we finished top 20 in recruiting class, which, you know, ain't bad for what he had to work with in the time amount, the time period he had to work with. Picked up eight four-stars, 16 three-stars, finished number four in the ACC. But, you know, in my opinion, you know, it's how you – how you breathe these players. You know, once you get them into your system, what can you do with them? 
screw the stars, dude. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I, know, also, I, know, I know right now in this area, several stars that, you know, I, I'm not really that highly on. You that's know? right. And this is, but, uh, this is I-10 podcast. I'm going to state my, what I feel about it. This is, uh, these last few years, you know, Taggart comes in his first year. He has, like, a top 10 recruiting class. And then next year he has another top 10. Well, guess what happened? What happened? We had losing seasons both years. Okay. So we got five and seven, and I don't remember what we had both years. But let's get a coach in here that can coach. Okay, top 20 class. That's solid. That's better than, you know, 70% of teams. What do you do? Let's forget about how good we've recruited. Let's get a coach in here that can coach these guys, that's finding guys that can play football. Forget about stars. You know, it ain't all about five stars. Let's let's look at – I'm sorry to call him out, but Levante Taylor yeah. comes in five stars. Let's not forget and that, he's guys. He's been one of the worst secondary players we've had in probably the past, past decade. Was not invited to the combine. Yeah. That was announced today. Uh so yeah, that that's just a little bit, you know. I'm gonna state how I feel about that. So yeah, that's it's, where it's I. It's what kind of coaches you, you and what kind of what kind of character guys you bring right. in. It ain't you, all. You bring stars. in a three or four star, and they work like a damn eight star, you know. And they listen to what you got to say, and you know they're and they're all in on what you to your program. It don't it don't matter, man, because they're going to develop into that five star that. They probably wasn't when they were in high school. That's right. Because, I mean, you're talking about facilities, what they got to use, what to work with, pro diet programs to get them to the, the body shape that they need to be to be the most successful, you know. And it's all about getting these athletes to that point, you know, utilizing your assets, using your coaches, developing good game plans, and putting these guys in the best position possible to be successful. And, and I uh, think that's what we got in Mike Norville. You know, I may be, we may be dead, dead ass wrong. Right. But as far as the way he talks, he carries himself, he he makes them act already. I mean, I I don't, I don't think it's going to be a bad thing. I think right. it's going to be a season that. Well, the more the more I see uh, Taggart, he uh, you know, these players. That he's had, he's coached. They're saying they wasted a lot of time, uh, didn't use their practice time. You know, they didn't value their practice time. Well, let me just share something with you. During the national championship game, Norvell had them practicing. That says a lot. They yeah. weren't watching that game. They yeah, didn't yeah, that's the thing right now. They're saying, you know, keep climbing. But they've also got shirts recently made that says, you know, 1%. Better. That, that's to get 1% better each day. Come to work and get 1% better each day. Wake up and know that I'm going to go in the gym, I'm going to get on the field and do whatever it is that my craft is and do it to get 1% better each day because if I do that, I'm going to be ready by the time the season comes, you know? Because right. they got all season, they got spring they got spring ball coming up, you know. They got plenty of time for until next season to get their bodies right, their mind right, and, the, you know, their ability to where it needs to be to be successful, especially against the schedule that we have coming right. up. You know, I only see a couple teams in in Florida and Clemson that's, you know. Our first two games of the year, we got West Virginia and Boise State. So, uh, but I don't care. You want to talk about stars and all this, last year, you know, Boise State comes into Doak Campbell. We're up 18 points. But you know what? They let their nuts hang and they say, you know what? I don't care if you're Florida State. Right. We're going to keep playing. We know what we're doing. And, and the quarterback showed tremendous, 
tremendous, you know, just heart and just say, you know what, I'm going to keep fighting. Dude right. took multiple shots throughout that game, and, you know, and that's the kind of players you want on your team. They have more of those guys. There's no reason FSU should ever blow an 18-point lead to Boise State. At home. Their mind's not right. Especially. That's why that happened. And, you know, the and, coaching uh, and the mindsets of the, it's the kinda, kids were not right. It's kind of cliche. Uh, every coach says this. Every coach tries to emphasize it. But Norvell, you know, he lives it. He he coaches it finishing. Uh yeah. Obviously that was not a point of emphasis in that in that era, the Taggart era that is. Uh Norvell's bringing that, you know, fourth quarter we're we're down by three, make the drive, score the points, and finish. You know, finish. So once again, look at It's gonna for- be key, man, because you know there we're gonna be in a lot of close games this year just because it's a uh, whatever year, but I feel like we got the guys on on the defensive side of the ball and the offensive side of the ball to put points up and also get stops when needed. So it's just going to be a matter of you know locking in and doing what's needed to win a freaking ball game that you're supposed to win. You know what I'm saying? But some notable recruits that we got right offhand: Chuba Purdy, you know Arizona's best quarterback and one, uh, of the, one of the top quarterbacks in the country. We got we got Tate Rodemaker. Tate Rodemaker out of Valdosta. That's right. Um, Corey Rent, you know, the skill guy. Incredible speed out of Louisiana. We also see when – this is how you know you got a good coaching staff. You got DJ Lundy, a linebacker. He flipped. He didn't really flip, but he, w- he was he, – he had his mind locked on Georgia. And I forget who the other team is. I didn't write it down. But, you know, we got, we got a player over a Georgia type – which player. is, you know I would saying? say, and he only recruited. He only got the chance. He kind of recruited him late between Alabama and Georgia. I'm that not guy sure. came in close to the period, the dead, the dead period, and you know, and we're able to get him. So that says a lot about the coaching staff and the, the kind of people that we got right. in the football office right now. We got several good linemen. Um, you know, I listened to a thing on YouTube the other day from Mike Norville on the recruiting. Uh, you know, wrapping up his recruiting, and he says Robert Scott's one probably going to be one of the best linemen that they're bringing in, just based off of you know his ability, character, how hard he works, and that's that's what we need, man. We need dogs in the trenches. We need we need dogs everywhere, really. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's all football is. You know, it's it's a little bit of ability, but it takes a lot of dog. You know, you gotta it's got to be the want to, want to will, will outbeat the talent. You know, most most, most cases when you're on that same equal plane, almost. You know, you might be a slightly disadvantaged, but if you got more dog than the other guys, say, you know what, you line up there, I'm gonna line up here, but I'm about to whoop your ass. That's right. You know what I'm saying? When, uh, Man, I'll take that guy over the guy that's a prima donna five star. That's right. Every day of the week, I don't care. That's just the way I was brought up, the way I was raised, the area I was raised in, and the football team that I played on when I was in high school. I know it's high school and it don't mean much, but. When we stepped on that field, we didn't care who you were. Yeah, we, we were coming for. And uh, once again, I'm gonna mention we're losing. We're losing the uh, Jimbo. This is the last year of Jimbo's recruits that any of the guys you hated losing. Like I said, Levante Taylor. Uh, you got the linebacker uh, Dontavius Jackson. Those guys with that attitude, that mindset. You know, we we was down multiple games. Just hitting guys standing over them down by 20. Yeah, that, just no, them, them no, days, them days, no feel for the game. Them days are over. You know what I'm saying? It's over. Uh, 
let's touch on one of the biggest losses. We we had Malachi Wyman in our Crips, a four-star lost receiver. You Tennessee, know. right? But yeah, lost Tennessee flipped him at the last second. But you know, they kind of they kind of they kind of knew that was coming from what I've watched and and read on the recruiting websites. But I, you know, I feel we're comfortable enough in the receiver spots right now that it won't be that big of a you know a drastic hurt to us you right. know because we'll still have other years to bring in receiver a receiving core i mean if, you know we have a good year this year receivers are, and we throw the ball successfully receivers are going to want to come play for florida state you know so and uh we got terry coming back we got so. terry coming back you know big big baby uh i know robinson he ain't gonna be a bad receiver next year i, I feel like he'll step up that's right you know he's got a great he, he's got a great build he's like a He's kind of like a cherry dude. He's got that long, lanky body. He's tall. So, and we got some several speedy guys. So, I think we'll be okay there. It's not really a loss, in my opinion. But as far as recruiting, you know, ratings go, it, it'll hurt. It'll knock us down a little bit. But we finished top twenty, so you can't really complain, especially with the time that he had to work with. And like I said, it don't really matter what you get; it's who you get, the class, the character. You know, and the determination they got to get better each day, that 1%. And I feel like the coaching staff is going to, you know, emphasize that and develop these guys. I'm hoping anyway. You know, you just didn't really ever feel that sense of development and, you know, them getting after it when Willie Taggart was in place. You know, there was a lot of a lot of more show That's right. than, than action, you know. It wasn't really – it was more – Let's get on Twitter and show everybody what we're doing and try to be cool. That's right. But. So, uh, I guess the last thing last thing we're going to talk about, we just want to recap uh, the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 54. Uh, just off the top of our heads, we don't got any stats. You know, we don't got no stats from the game, but we just want to – my prediction was uh, 31 to, to 24. Uh, was it really? I didn't remember. And you Wow. Yours was uh thirty. It was thirty-four to what thirty? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So, so pretty, you, pretty, hey, we pretty much hit the nail on the head when it comes to the Super Bowl. You know, we said Garoppolo doesn't have that experience. He's not half the player. Well, he's not three fourths of the player Mahomes is. He he doesn't have that in his arsenal yet. You know. Sure. I feel like the the they when they got that ten point lead though the coaching staff really really kind of caved by not running the ball can you know they kind of started throwing it for whatever i don't really know why they started throwing it but i mean yours they were successfully running the ball the whole game i mean i was i would have kept pounding it pounding it pounding it, and getting getting points out of it they, they just kind of went dead they they threw it I, I remember i don't even remember what the stat was they threw it like eight times so on, uh on first and second down kyle shanahan's the uh the offense or i guess he's the head coach now at 49ers was the OC at the Falcons yeah. at the time whenever they played. You they know, blew the 28-3 lead. Well, in the fourth quarter of the last two Super Bowls, he ain't scored a point. So, I don't know if it's – Yeah, so you can blame it on coaching, but, you know, Garoppolo, you know, a great play call. They get the guy open behind the safety, and he just overshoots him by five to – Can't happen. To five them. to ten yards, you know, and that's a touchdown. That might have – that might have sealed the deal. I mean, they take the lead late right there, and that's going to be – it was going to be, I think, 20 – would have been 27 to, like, 23 or 24, whatever it was, 24. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that probably that puts a lot more pressure on the other team. Instead, they're able to get the ball back, 
you know, and they end up punching it, punching it in and extending the lead to 11 points. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes showed up in the fourth quarter, and that's the kind of player he is. And that's, that's what we predicted. You know, and, and also, Chiefs held, held their own on the defensive end, like we said. As that's well. right. They came to play defensively. So, they kind of play defensively the whole entire playoffs, and it really showed up in the uh, AFC championship game. We, uh, we knew they was gonna come to play, um, and they did, and they showed up, and that's all they needed. All the all the Chiefs' offense needed was four quarters of the def- their defense, you know, just kind of holding tight, holding strong, and the offense was needed. way too toxic. And like they was gonna I, like, take over. like we said, you know, sometimes sometimes a good offense, whether you want to believe it or not, is just better than a good defense. I mean, because. When you it, there's only so much you can do when they got those kind of skilled guys on the outside that can make plays at any given time. And there's and you're also dealing with one of the best corner quarterbacks of you know the recent years. I in, mean, in my opinion, he's the right best now, quarterback in the league right now. Yeah, and he will be for the next at least it's possibly the next decade. And you guys can say you guys can say yeah, Lamar Jackson MVP. He's going to yeah, he had this many rushing yards. I don't care that. Mahomes is the best quarterback. He knows how to read coverage. Lamar, not so much. Lamar can run. Lamar can pass. You know, that's it, the thing. It, when teams when teams start stopping him on the run and they're spying him. And, look know, what happens. If they're able to successfully – I mean, now if he gets – if they can't stop him, if they ain't got the guys to stop him, then this is going to be tough to deal with. But if you got a guy that can keep him in the pocket on defense to make him successfully – Read coverage. Read coverage and throw the ball here and there – then I just, you know, he's not gonna. Don't get me wrong. He's a great athlete, and he, you know, he's he, he's he's one of the best. I, I can't I can't say it. I can't say quarterbacks. He's just he's just an athletic dude that can make plays. But I don't know if he'll ever be able to make them plays come crunch time. You know, I guess we'll see next year if, whenever that time rolls around. But uh, as of now, that that statement holds true. I mean, he he didn't have his best game in the playoffs. Turned the ball over like four times, I think. You know, and three of those being interceptions. So, credit to the Titans' defense. Absolutely. But all in all, you know, this this is gonna wrap it up. You know, we ran a little long, but we talked about every district coming up. You know, next week. So find wherever your the host sites are. We probably should have went over that, but. You know, we kind of, we kind of, we said that in the previous one, didn't we? Yeah. So, we just jump back to that if you need to. But find your local district sites, go support six dollars, and then once we get these these district champions and the runner-ups, we'll go through the state playoffs and and project a little more. Uh, and then from that, we'll be moving on to baseball season. So it's gonna, it's never gonna stop. You know, there's always the high school season going on. Um, so. Right after that, it'll be summertime. Ain't no telling what we'll be talking about. But after that, you know, around July, August, it starts gearing up for high school football. So that's that. Um, yeah. You got any last words you want to say? And, uh, yeah, we, we plan on putting out a podcast uh, at, least, at least once a week. Uh, yeah, if if hands, something – Hands down. Come, come playoffs of whatever, you know, uh, basketball, baseball, football, whatever – Come playoffs, we might, you know, at, after a special game or after, you know, yeah. Friday night, we might come out and put out a podcast, maybe put out two a week. 
But we're just right now we're putting out one one a week, usually on the weekends, usually Friday or Saturday night. We're gonna try for Friday nights. Um, we're just looking, you know, to to give y'all information around here because we know the only information y'all can get is either you know, you know local news. Yeah. So local we're trying news. to put out something that's more you know from around here that gives you more information just not two or three minutes you know on the new we're, we're trying to give you guys 10 yeah. to 15 more minutes. insight on like i said we're gonna give you those player of the weeks every single week that there's a, a, a player available and breakdown uh, you know that, that's why we named it i2 i10 uh sports and breakdown so uh yeah, yeah but, so and we're also each each episode is at the begin. It's going to be at the beginning of every episode because we know some of you don't care about FSU basketball, the Super Bowl, or none of that, or whatever else we talk about. That's not really for you. That's just because we enjoy talking about it and whoever may listen to it. So we're going to put whatever Florida High School Athletic Association events are going on, or sports, whatever you want to call it, at the beginning of every episode, so that y'all can listen to it. And then tune out if you want to, but if you don't, if you enjoy it, stay and listen. You know, so but as far as that, that wraps it up. I'm Coach Russ and, and Seth Taylor here. And one more thing is uh as we said in the previous podcast, we're looking for suggestions. Uh please post, comment, let us know what we can do better so you guys can enjoy this more, so we can get more viewers, you know, spread the word, let people know what we're doing. You know, like we said, we're just trying to get this out and put in more time. So, uh, enjoyed it. Appreciate y'all, and y'all have a good one. We'll catch y'all next Friday or Saturday.